Well, Logan, everyone, welcome to Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 59, and our guest is uh, Red Wing uh, uh, prospect, number one draft choice, the uh, 20th pick overall in the 2016 draft, and uh, that is Dennis Chalowski. And uh, Dennis made his uh, pro debut, or AHL debut, with the Grand Rapids Griffins uh, on Wednesday night. And uh, uh, we could go on and on and on and sing his praises and accolades, but let's bring Dennis in and uh, get uh, this uh, podcast started. Dennis, thanks for joining us. Uh, Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I guess we could go all over, but Wednesday... Uh, I think it came as a surprise to some people that you were inserted into the lineup after your team, the Portland Winterhawks, were eliminated in the WHL uh, uh, playoffs. And lo and behold, you're here in Grand Rapids. Uh, were you surprised to get the nod, or did you think that this might be kind of uh, uh, where you would just sit and watch and, and learn by just watching? Well, to be honest, I didn't really didn't really know coming in. You know, obviously, I wanted to play and. Um, you know, watching some games last year and then coming in again this year, you know, I wanted to play and wanted to help the team out. So um, I was really excited when I got the call. Uh, you said it was a bit of an eye-opener, and I know it was kind of a, a bit of a slugfest on uh, Wednesday night's game that the Griffins ended up uh, uh, losing. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Um, you know, it was fun. You know, I got to be, you know, around the pros and, you know, playing a playoff game, which is obviously, you know, a little more intense than the regular season, so um, you know I had fun, and you know I got to you know witness a bit of a brawl near the start of the game, and um, you know yeah, I was I was excited to be out there, and I had a lot of fun. When you uh, every time we hear somebody make that next step, we always hear about the speed of the game and time and space. You don't have much time to react once you have the puck. You almost have to know what you're going to do with the puck before you even get it. Uh, I know it was limited action for you on Wednesday night, but is, is that really how it goes out there? You step on the ice and you think to myself, my gosh, uh, uh, this is a track meet, not a hockey game. Yeah, um, you know, obviously the pro hockey is a little faster. You know, guys are older and bigger, so, um, you know, like you said, you got to make decisions a little quicker, but um, I felt that the game went on. I, you know, got used to it, and um, at the end of the day, it's just hockey, and you have to go out and make plays. Now, at this point, before you're announced, you're going to be in the lineup. Uh, I mean, this, do you ask questions to your teammates? Does Nelly or Todd Nelson say anything to you? How did that process go leading up to the game? Because I, I would imagine that, you know, you're kind of almost bouncing off the walls. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was a lot of excitement. You know, all the all my teammates were very supportive and, um, you know, helped me out a lot. And um, it was really a few days before that, um, you know, they kind of let me know to, you know, stay ready and um, just in case you get in, you know, be ready and be prepared. So, um, you know, I had a few days notice and um, like they said, you know, I was prepared for it and happy to get in there. Do they, somebody come and pull you aside and say, look, Dennis, I know you're number one draft pick. There's uh, certainly pressures that go along with that, but just go out there, play your game, and try not to do too much, you know, to make sure that you try to play within yourself and try to, uh, you know, win the Calder Cup on your first shift. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, you have to, especially the first ten minutes of the game, you have to play it, you know, a little simpler, you know, get into the, into the flow of the game a little bit and, um, yeah, you know, they told me to go out and play my game, and you know, as I started feeling more comfortable out there, you know, I could skate with the puck a little more, and 
Well, what, what is the timeline? I know you did Thursday the, the, the Griffins defeated Manitoba, so the deciding game, game five, Monday night, uh, uh, will be played, uh, and the Griffins will either, unfortunately, be eliminated or move on to the second round of the AHL playoffs. Have they given you any kind of timeline or what they're going to do with you, or is it, as you said earlier, just be ready to play? Um, you know, I've, you know, really it's just been short-term timelines right now, so in the long term, I'm not really sure for the rest of this season, but, um, you know, I keep being told to stay ready, so that's what I'm going to do for sure. You know, I remember talking to you, I believe, at development camp, and uh, uh, you started off after your, uh, uh, in college at St. Cloud State, um, it was, uh, you know, kind of a, a learning experience for you. I mean, you had 12 points in 36 games. Uh, you were minus nine as a player. But, you know, college, obviously, I think t people have a tendency to forget, not only are you playing hockey, you're actually going to school. And, uh, you know, you're a pretty astute and studious guy, and I know that education is important to you. Uh, but St. Cloud State, if the Red Wings didn't offer you a contract at that point, would you have stuck with college hockey, or would you have, uh, have gone the route of, the, uh, uh, of going to the uh, Canadian Hockey League, in your case the Western League, with the Prince George Cougars? Um, you know, at the end of the day, the Western Hockey League turned out to be a really good decision for me. You know, I, um, I thought I had a really good year this year, and um, obviously signing the contract with the Red Wings had a big part of that decision, but, um, you know, knowing what I know now, I probably would have done the same thing that I did, um, but at the time, um, you know, I was focused on, you know, getting better and getting bigger and stronger, and, you know, I had school going on at the same time, so I don't really know what I would have done um, if there was no contract involved, but um, fortunately there was, and um, everything turned out well. Were you surprised that the Red Wings offered you a deal, um, or were you kind of looking forward to it, expecting it? Um, you know, I was, you know, mostly looking forward to it, you know. Um, after the season in college, you know, it was a kind of a time to reevaluate what I wanted to do and where I wanted to play. And, um, you know, the Red Wings were very supportive and they came out right away and offered me a contract. So, um, yeah, I was, I wouldn't say surprised about it. Um, I was kind of, or I wouldn't really say expecting it either. I was just kind of going with the flow, I guess. Yeah, that's that's a good philosophy to live by. Trust me. Uh, just go, <laughs> go with the flow. Then you're never really disappointed, or you're never really uh, kind of surprised either. I guess. Uh, right. Right. Uh, so you uh, uh, you decide to go to Prince George, and I, I remember, as I said, talking to you. Uh, 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 you. You were impressive, and the one thing that the Red Wings really hammered home was is that the Red Wings like to give every draft pick, and I'm sure every NHL team does this, but kind of an edict, something they would like to see you do um and in your case it was to get bigger and stronger and you did that which really impressed them uh when they tell you things i guess i look at it as constructive criticism but sometimes when a team sits you down and says all right we know you want to make it to the nhl this is what you have to do do you get uh do you you don't cop an attitude you just listen to everything that they do and then bam you just go out and do it well i mean it's at the end of the day, you know, um, they're the employer, so um, you know I have to I have to listen to what they say, and you know they wanted me to get bigger and stronger, and I was going to do everything I could to do that, and 
um, you know, that philosophy is going to continue down the line. You know, if they ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. So. so when they tell you something like that, do you, I don't know if you had a personal trainer, do you hire somebody? Do they give you an exercise program or something? Do they say, listen, this is how you, you know, you add weight but not fat, more muscle. Uh, what is that procedure like? Uh, or do they just leave you to your own volition? Um, they definitely don't leave you. You know, they, they presented me a lot of options that I could have done, um, whether it had been stay at home or do what I did in the summertime, which was, you know, go down to Detroit and train there and the gym they had set up for me. So, um, you know, I had a great time in that gym last year, and I'm looking to do that again this year. And, um, it was really beneficial for me, so I'm definitely going to be back there. So you're, so you're going to spend your off-seasons in Detroit uh, uh, continuing working on, uh, on getting bigger and stronger? Definitely, for sure. Now, do you work out with other, are, are other Red Wings there, other prospects, or is it a, a combination of both? Yeah, there will be other prospects there. You know, um, they have other guys that came in. You know, Jelani Smith was there with me last year. and um, I'm thinking Michael Rasmussen will be there with me this year, so. Um, as well as Giovanni again. So, um, you know, you're not alone. You have guys around you, and um, it's hard work, but it's fun at the same time. Do you, uh, do you have you developed a bond with some of these fellas? For sure. You know, um, Giovanni and I have uh, gotten to be really good friends over the last year or so. Um, we spend a lot of time together in the summertime and, you know, keep in touch during the season. And then, obviously, um, Michael, I've uh, actually known him a long time, played against him growing up, and, um, you know, we're good friends as well, so you definitely make connections with these guys. Well, I know with, uh, with the Tri-City Americans, and you both played in the Western Hockey League, and, and I see this all the time, obviously, at the NHL level. All, all you guys, a lot of you know each other when you start coming up through the ranks. Uh, but it sure appears to be real easy to put your friendships aside once you, once you hit the ice. I mean, do you, I mean, when you know you're lining up or you're, uh, you know, Rasmussen's on first-line center and your first pair of defense that you're going to go up a lot against him, do you end up trash-talking him, trying to throw him off his game, or maybe making some sort of small co- uh, conversation during the course of the, uh, of, of the contest? Yeah, for sure. You know, we know we're friends, but at the end of the day, we both want to win, um, if that means trash talking or a little hacking and whacking or whatever it is, you know, um, we're going to do whatever it takes to win. So it's, it's pretty competitive for sure. Well, he's, he's, I mean, you're no slouch yourself. I mean, you're 6'1", but he's 6'6". I mean, do you, uh, do you, do you want to get into a hacking, whacking competition with him or would you rather just try to get inside his head through, uh, through trash talking? Um, you know, I think talking is the first thing that happens, but, um, you know, if it comes down to the hacking and whacking, you know, you got to defend yourself and stand up for your teammates and everything. But, um, you know, he's a pretty big guy. So, um, you know, there's there's definitely a little conversation to start it off for sure. Do you, yeah, do, I mean, do you, I, I guess you can't, what goes on the ice and maybe stays on the ice, but are there certain things that you can say to him that uh, that get him off his game or does he, and does he come back at you? I, I, I guess... I don't know if it could be good-natured ribbing, but I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is is that it's not real vicious between you two. No, for sure. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're you know, drafted by the same team. We're looking to make the same team. So, um, you know, we know we're friends, but um, when we're competing against each other, you know, we're intense. And, um, you know, there's some trash talking, and, um, you know, we're both trying to win, so... 
you know, you had, a, let's go back to a, Prince George, uh, before you were traded to Portland, you had 39 points, including 13 goals. You were a plus nine. You go to Portland uh, in 32 games. You have 27 uh, points plus uh, a goal. You're a plus 20 player. You appear in 12 playoff games, five goals, uh, two assists for seven points. Uh I, I guess that this this was a good, as you said, it worked out very, very well for you. Um, why do you think it clicked at Prince George and you had a little bit of more of a uh, learning or growth process when you were at St. Cloud State? Um, you know, Prince George was really good for me. You know, they, the, the coaches there were a big part of it. Um, they were working with me every day on the defensive side of the game and, you know, encouraging me on the offensive side, too. Um, you know, I got to play a lot of minutes in every situation. And, um, yeah, the year was really good for me. Um, you know, obviously, with the point totals and, you know, being able to kill penalties and play power play, and um, it, was, it was a really good experience for me and getting to play a lot of minutes every night. Um, you know, St. Cloud really helped me out with the off-ice, you know, getting bigger and stronger and being in the weight room, but um, at the end of the day in college, you don't play a lot of hockey, so um, we felt it was best to, you know, move to the Western League and play some more games, and Prince um, George was great for me as well as Portland, too. When you get to Portland and you're traded, I mean, uh... I mean, trades happen at every level, but were you were you surprised, uh, or were you happy that you were going to uh, uh, to a team where you thought maybe you had more opportunity? Although I I don't know how how you could have any more opportunity than you did with the Cougars at Prince George. But what was that experience like being traded? Um, you know, it was something that um, as the trade deadline got closer, there was a little bit of buzz about it, and I kind of knew something was going on or something was going to happen. Um, um, but at the end of the day, I really liked it in Prince George. And um, I had a lot of great friends there and we were, you know, we were having a lot of fun and I was having a good season. And, um, you know, when I got traded, um, I was a little bit sad, you know, leaving some friends, but also excited, like you said, you know, going to Portland, which was a great team at the time and um, being able to go in there and help them out and, you know, get into a second place spot in the regular season. And, um, When you look at uh, at your career, and I know I asked you this last year, from a Detroit fan's perspective, you're always going to be tied into Jacob Chickering, who uh, the Red Wings, uh, and we don't even know if this would have happened, could have drafted him. They didn't. They uh, they made some trades that uh, for the Pavel Datsuk, and, and uh, Red Wing fans are well aware of, of, of how that all broke down. But... Uh, I, when I asked you about this last year, I mean, you're pretty philosophical about something like this. I mean, you know, it's certainly you realize, and maybe this might be a Detroit-only thing, that you're going to be, whatever Jacob Chirk, uh, Chickering does in his career and whatever you do in your career here in Detroit, uh, it's going to be forever linked, as fair or unfair as that is. Is that something that you think about? Do you dwell on it? Or how do you approach something like that? Because you know it's in the back of uh, the mind of many Red Wing fans. You know, I just try not to worry about it or think about it, you know. Um, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it at all, um, you know, since the draft. Um, in the minds of Red Wings fans, you know, it's, it's going to be me versus him, and our careers are kind of going to be linked a little bit that way. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to go and play your game, and I just try not to worry about it. 
when you were drafted by Detroit, um, what is that initial feeling like when you finally, you know, you, 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 the dream is starting to become a reality, uh, you're drafted by an NHL club? It, it's every, it's the feeling every player wants to have, every young player, you know, your dream is to get drafted, um, get drafted high, and um, I was fortunate enough to be drafted to such a great organization like Detroit that develops players so well. And, um, you know, it, it's every young player's dream. You know, like I said, it's it's one, it's what was one of the most exciting moments of my life for sure. Dennis, describe yourself as a hockey player for Red Wing fans. Uh, exactly, uh, uh, puck moving, offensive minded defenseman. Uh, certainly want to play a two way game. I know everybody does, but uh, uh, when Red Wing fans uh, begin to see you uh, perform, uh, whether it's in Detroit next season or or in Grand Rapids for a little while or whatever, uh, what kind of player are they going to see? Um, you know, like you said, you know they're going to see a puck moving, skating defenseman that's going to be up in the rush. Um, trying to create offense and, you know, breaking the puck out of his own zone. And um, I think skating is probably my biggest asset, so I'm going to be moving my feet a lot and getting up ice. And, um, and then also, like you said, again, being more of a two-way guy, rounding into a two-way guy and being responsible on the defensive end as well. Do you uh, do you think you have to add a, a uh, physicality to your game or is physicality not so much like what you witnessed the uh, the other night in the playoff game, just melees on the ice, that you know you can be physical without taking uh, cheap penalties or quote unquote you know de- uh, uh, delivering cheap shots or anything like that? Well, for sure, you, you can be physical, you know, without having to you know take a um, a silly penalty or whatever the case may be, but. Um, in everybody's sake, you know, you have to battle. You have to go in the corners and you have to go along the walls and win, win battles. And, um, that's not necessarily taking a penalty, but, um, you know, being able to separate a guy from the puck, use your body, and, and then take the puck and, and make a play with it is um, uh, a necessity for every hockey player. So, um, yeah, you you know, taking, taking penalties is not necessarily a part of battling hard, but, um, you know, you, you do have to get in there, and you do have to use your body and, um, and and win battles for your team. Have you noticed a difference in your game from from that aspect since you've gotten bigger and stronger? Because you haven't sacrificed your ski, uh, your speed, or your skill level as as you've quote unquote, for lack of a better term, grown into your body. Yeah, you know, um, you know, over the last year or two, you know, I have grown a lot. Um, I put on a lot of weight. Um, 20 pounds or so and, you know, grown a little bit too. So, um, being able to get in the corners and use my body more is definitely more of a part of my game now. Um, you know, I think I've kept my skating and skating ability and skill at the same time too. So, you know, being able to go in the corner, win a battle, take the puck and go the other way with it is, um, definitely something that's come into my game in the last few years. On locker cleanout day for the Red Wings this year, Ken Holland always had a uh, kind of a, a state of the Red Wings address. He meets with the media after uh, after the team picture is taken, and he, and he said that one of the goals, and it's obvious that the team itself is going to get younger, but they have to rebuild the blue line. The, the defense has to get younger, has to get a little bit more mobile. They're looking for offensive-minded defensemen. I know I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. When you hear the general manager of the Red Wings say that, I'm sure it gives you incentive. But uh, but how does that make you feel? I mean, do you, this is uh, you're 
in a pretty good situation right now. Yeah, for sure. You know, the Red Wings are they're looking for young offensive defensemen. Um, you know, hearing um, the general manager saying that they need young players to come in and, and contribute next season is, is exciting for me. And, um, you know, I'm looking to, you know, seriously challenge and, you know, have a spot on the Red Wings next year. And um, I want to help the team out and um, kind of start the rebuild, I guess. I, I look at it as if uh, if if four or five of you guys I, I know I'm over exaggerating here could you know t- could impress them and make the decision uh, uh, difficult on them but there's certainly at least uh, ample opportunity for two or three of you to legitimately make the team right out of uh, training camp next year and I'm not trying to you know blow smoke uh, you know and tell you you know things that, that aren't true I mean I, I, I truly believe that uh, how do you get along I mean when you look at it you know Ronick has had a good year his first year in the AHL you know Hicketts uh, uh, everyone roots for him uh, because you know because he's only five foot eight um, what's your relationship like with those guys and is it difficult to develop uh, a friendship with them when you're kind of in position or battling for the same opportunities? Um, you know, I, I do have a really good relationship with both of those guys, you know. Philip and I have, you know, become really good friends over the past year or so. And, um, you know, I've actually known Joe Higgins for a long time. Now I played against him growing up and um, you know, got to see him again when I came to Grand Rapids last year and um, you know they're both really nice guys and you know obviously we're competing for, for in the same spot but um, you know we are good friends and you know when the time comes to compete you know we're going to compete too And um, but at the end of the day you know our friendship has grown with those two guys and um, hopefully that can stick around too. When you look at it and you look at the competition in this opportunity, I know that you're that you're embracing it. What do you believe you have to do to impress the Red Wings to uh, uh, to make it difficult come next uh, September when they're looking at getting down to their final roster limit? Uh, that uh, your opportunity next year will either be Detroit or Grand Rapids. What do you think Dennis Chalowski needs to do to make sure that uh, he's wearing the red and white? I just can't be conservative, you know, I just have to go out and, and assert myself and, and play the way I know I can play and, you know, take the puck and skate with it and move it, um, break the puck out of my own zone and create offense and, um, you know, having that newfound strength and, and size in my game, you know, being a little more physical and battling hard and making sure I win battles and, um, you know, being aggressive and um, I think the bottom line really is just not to hold anything back, just to show them everything I have and um, I think if I can do that, I'll be fine. Have you had much interaction with, uh, uh, I know during the season you can't have much interaction with Jeff Blashley. He's coaching the Red Wings, obviously, and, and you're playing uh, either for Prince George or Portland. But, but during development camp or training camp, more or less, do you have a lot of interaction with the, with, with the Red Wing officials who, who are always giving you pointers? Is there somebody, maybe it's Sean Horkoff, perhaps Dan Cleary, that you can call during the course of the season? Or do they get in touch with you to say, Dennis, we like what you're doing? Uh, or, Dennis, maybe you need to you know, work on this a little bit, or do they kind of let you alone and let your coaches either at Prince George or Portland take care of that stuff? Um, you know, for the most part, they let you, you know, work it out and, and play and, you know, interact with your coaches and your respective team. 
But, you know, at the same time, they are in touch. You know, I'm in touch a lot with Sean Horkoff and Dan Cleary this season. And, um, you know, they're they're always offering pointers and, you know, letting you know what you're doing well at the same time. And, you know, they came out to watch me play a few times each. And um, they always give, you know, good feedback and, and um, tell me in ways I can improve and what I'm doing well at the same time, too. So you definitely have some good interactions with guys in the organization. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but uh, I mean, certainly you want to make the Red Wings next n- next season. But if you continue to progress as you've been progressing, had a really good season in in juniors this year. You've done everything this organization has uh, has asked of you. Hopefully, maybe Monday you get into another playoff game. The Griffins advance. Uh, there'll be more playoff games to play. Uh, so, do do you look? What do you think? Do you look at it as a uh, uh, as you know, I, I'm really right on the cusp uh, uh, of making this team. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, um, that's my goal is to next year be on the Red Wings roster when the, the season comes around. And, um, you know, I feel like with my development this season, um, I feel like, yeah, I am on the cusp of, of making the team. And um, it's just a matter of, you know, going out there and taking it. What... Who are some of maybe your mentors or someone that you pattern your your, your game after? As someone that uh, may not be in the Red Wing organization, someone we don't even know. I I know that uh, uh, when Joe Hickets was on the podcast, he was talking about a former NHL player who was his coach at uh, uh, out in BC when he you know when he was. Uh, you know, a, a midget for lack of a better term, uh, uh, when he was playing, uh, uh, do you have somebody th- that in your life that, that is kind of a mentor like that? Um, you know, as far as favorite players growing up goes, I would say, you know, obviously Bobby Orr, um, Scott Niedemeyer was one that I watched a lot. And, um, and, you know, in the Red Wings organization, Nick Lidstrom as well, obviously one of the all time great defensemen. And, um, you know, this season in Prince George, really, um, my coach, Rich Matvichuk, and Sean Chambers as well, you know, they're both ex-NHL defensemen and um, have each won the Stanley Cup, and um, they were really great mentors for me. You know, they really honed in the defensive side of the game and, um, you know, got me to play a little more physical and with a little more edge, and, um, you know, that was one of the biggest things that helped me out through this season, and um, I'm definitely going to carry on through the rest of my career. Dennis, I, I when Bobby Orr was playing, I was a kid. You're 20 years old. Now, I, I mean, just through film, I mean, I, I, I think, and even though I can I can sort of remember when Gordy was playing, Gordy Howe, that is, and I've seen Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, I mean, see, I, I can go on and list all the great hockey players I've seen, uh, but uh, Bobby Orr, was that just through what maybe you know family members told you or, or, or videos that you watched of him because I, I think you're right I just find it astounding that a 20 year old young man like yourself would mention Bobby Orr yeah you know um, it comes through family members seeing him play um, you wouldn't believe the amount of videos and, and DVDs I have on Bobby Orr that I've watched numerous times and, um, also through books as well you know there are a lot of books written about him or that he's written so, um, you know, I read about them, I watch highlights, um, and I hear from family members. So, um, you know, I know a lot. <laughs> you know, obviously I didn't see him play live, but um, I do know a lot about him for, for not having the opportunity to do that. 
Uh, I know you mentioned a lot. Of, uh, are there any forwards that you admired growing up? You almost said that with disdain, Dennis. Like you know, hey, I'm a defenseman. I, I, I forwards are not uh, something that I really uh, uh, look at. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, I don't look at them as much as defensemen, but um, you know, I'd say for the last ten or twelve years or so, you know, Sidney Crosby has obviously been the the most dominant forward in the NHL, and um, obviously that kind of sounds like a cliched answer, but. Um, you know, I truly, I truly enjoy watching him play, and hopefully have you know the opportunity to soon play against him and, and compete against him. This might be a dumb question, and you know, it wouldn't be the first time I've asked one. But I know you watch defensemen because you admire them. It's a position that you play. You want to learn something from them. Can you learn something from watching a forward play? Or if you're watching forwards play, would you be, I guess, quote-unquote, thinking too much out on the ice? You know, thinking, oh, yeah, forwards kind of this way or go this way or go that way. I, uh, so so is, is that why you don't pay too much attention to them? Um, you know, the, the majority of the time you're paying attention to a forward as a defenseman is, is really to look at how to stop them, you know, right. what their tendencies are and, um, you know, what they like to do, what they don't like to do, and how to kind of get under their skin a little bit and um, play hard against them. But, you know, obviously there, there are times when you see a forward do a move that you like or do something creative and you think you can use in your game too, you know. We're, we're, uh, I pride myself on being an offensive defenseman, so there are positions that I'm in that are like positions forwards are in at the same time. So, um, yeah, I, I can, you know, watch forwards play and, you know, try to take some moves that I see. Uh, Dennis, one final question before we wrap it up, and uh, uh, that is uh, Monday night. Uh, it's been a, you know, you've seen uh, two pretty wild games thus far in Grand Rapids, uh, and the, the Griffins, uh, uh, Monday, what do you think in your limited experience is the key for Grand Rapids to uh, defeat the Moose and then move on to the second round of the AHL playoffs, besides having you in the lineup? <laughs> um, you know, I really think, you know, the team played well in their last game, and um, I think if, you know, they can continue to get the puck to the net as much as they can, you know, I think um, that's when they had the most success is when they were getting pucks to the net and, you know, getting bodies to the net at the same time and, you know, getting in front of the goalie and, and capitalizing on the rebound. And, um, you know, I think we have a solid defensive team, and if we can, you know, get pucks to the net and get a few goals early, I think we'll, we'll be fine for sure. Dennis Chalowski, number one pick of the Red Wings, 20th overall in the 2016 NHL entry draft. Always a pleasure to visit with you. Best of luck, uh, Dennis. Look forward to seeing you uh, uh, not only uh, Monday, uh, but uh, also uh, next year here with the uh, big club in Detroit. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on.